0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: If you hear background noise, I'm sorry. I live on the world's noisiest street, and I shut my windows, but, you know. That's okay. Oh, and Hello. <laughs> the- welcome to checking out the competition new york rangers we are joined i've just been reminded for the first time in a year from blue shirt banter by tom Ertz. how are you doing tom
0: i'm doing good how about you
1: hanging in there i'm halfway vaccinated so i am almost ready to start living
0: me too i got my uh my first shot yesterday
1: oh my god hooray good for us it's very exciting so the Rangers, speaking of things that are exciting, they <laughs> <laughs> I, This should be great two really thrilling hockey teams to talk about here. So the Rangers have dropped their last three. We're actually recording this before the Rangers play the Bruins on Saturday and before the Flyers play the Capitals again on Saturday. So just know that. But. Lost twice to Pittsburgh, lost once to Boston. How have things been going over the last few weeks since the Flyers last saw the Rangers?
0: It's been uh, it's been up and down. I would say more poor than good, uh, especially because it was a situation where the Rangers had injuries. The Rangers had No Artemi Panarin as he was. Dealing with his situation, which we never really heard much about. Um, We've not really gotten an update from the team at all. Uh, He's not confirmed to be in the lineup against Boston. Uh, David Quinn said he'll be in the mix, which is like a vague way of describing things. But I would expect that he's going to play. Um, But it's been another situation of a team that is... You know, going through its rebuild, but trying to pivot out of that as they've accumulated young players and some you know talent from from the outside. but I would say it's gotten to a bit of a uh, be a bit frustrating because you're seeing now and it's sort of reminding me a little bit of you know Rangers coaches in in the past where it's you get to a point where you just start jumbling the lines and really not having a game plan, which I kind of give some coaches an out this year because of the way everything is set up. You're playing the same opponents over and over again. so And in some cases, you're playing them multiple times in a short stretch. So there's going to be those times where they just really scout you well and they know how to shut you down, which is Mm -hmm. what we've seen recently with the Rangers and, and Boston.
1: Yeah, it has been I was wondering how it was going to feel this season with these little, like, baseball-style mini-series against teams. And at first it seemed fun, and now I'm, like, dying for, like, a a 10.30 p.m. start against the San Jose Sharks on a Tuesday. Like, I (laughs) just—I want something different. I'm so tired of these teams. It spices things up. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot. So I want to talk a little bit about Panarin, but before we get there, since you mentioned— this sort of half and half out rebuild and the theoretically really good young players that the Rangers have acquired over the last couple of years by getting super lucky in the draft. Um, Alexis Lafreniere, seven points on the season. Capocacco, four points on the season. Did you expect these two to be making more of an impact early or is this kind of like everyone's okay with the fact that they're still filling it out? Because I kind of, I didn't know about Kako, but Lafreniere, I kind of expected to be one of those kids that hops into the NHL and just is completely lights out, but it doesn't seem like he is. So what's up there?
0: So we'll start with Lafreniere. I think the thing with Lafreniere is it's really easy at times to, and we saw this last year with fans and, and Kako that You have this mindset of, okay, you're picking in one of the top two slots and you get a player and you you look at what they did with their their junior club or their international club and what they've done in international tournaments. And you get this mindset of like, okay, you know, here's what they're capable of. Um, And I, I would say with Kako, the whole thing was in contrast where it's like, oh, well, he's playing against men in finland and you know jack hughes is you know he's he's still playing against you know people his his age and there was this sort of narrative developed and last year kako really struggled um where this year kako has been one of their best players um you know for those who appreciate you know underlying numbers and analytics one of their leaders and expected goals for um you know Possession numbers strong. He's just not getting the you know the points in, in the score sheet, and you know part of that too is he was on the COVID protocol uh, a few times, um, and he d- did have COVID. Um, you know now that he's back, it doesn't look like he's you know missed a a, a step at all. Um, but the one thing that everyone was so concerned about, um, you know, he's is someone who has you know you know compromised immune system, um, so. There was always that concern of if he did get sick, you know, would we see something where um, he'd be at risk? But um, seeing spurts, he's been great defensively. He's making these little plays that are, you know, in theory, you would think would help him pick up points. But I do think it's a situation of he's been in situations where when it's just him by himself with the puck, you know, he'll cycle it around. He'll take it to the net. But his line mates have sort of been letting him down. Um, As for Lafreniere, um, a lot of was made of, you know, okay, he went, you know, so many games without scoring. He finally gets his first career goal. Um, Then he was on a bit of a run where he had, you know, points in back to back games Uh, with Panarin out of the lineup. He got promoted to the top line for a bit and he was holding his own. But you know, there will still be people that want to see more. And I think that's more a situation of right now it's not just those kids. It's like a lot of players. Like Mika mm-hmm. Sabanajad has not looked good. Um like I said, Panarin was out. Uh Hedel, who is another promising young player. You know, he was out for, you know, about a month. Um so you had people slotting up and trying to shoulder the load. And then you have like Chris Kreider scoring a bunch of goals, but shooting at a clip that is not going to be sustainable. So like a long story short, like I'm not really concerned at all because at the end of the day, they're kids. Um, I, what I see from Kako versus last year is, you know, his impact defensively, very good. Um, his impact on possession, very good. And doing the things that you want. So I think that it's night and day from last year. He's pulling in the right direction, and you know, law of averages says he's eventually gonna get rewarded. And then Lafreniere, again, like he had a lengthy layoff from when he last played in junior to getting to the NHL because of the shutdown. So that was you know getting a bit of a slow start. Then he starts his NHL career, and the Rangers have guys out, so he's moving up and down. So it's still really an adjustment period. And like I know there's been so many stories and I've just rolled my eyes like, oh, if the draft was held today, who would go number one overall? And I just think to myself, like, let's look at some previous number one overall picks. How did they start out? Were we not having these conversations about Jack Hughes last year? And now he's mm-hmm. off to a pretty good start with New Jersey.
1: So you mentioned Panarin earlier. He was uh, back with the team on Thursday in Boston, I believe I read, or Wednesday in yes. Boston, the 10th. Um, and he has been out, obviously, for like two weeks now. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I should ask this question. Like, obviously, his absence has been felt by the team. He's like crazy good and probably the best player on the Rangers. Um, do you expect him to be back? I think I saw tomorrow they're expecting him to play.
0: Yeah, he should be back. Um he was full participant in practice. He was skating with his, you know, usual line mates and it it sounds like he's going to play. It's been everything but just saying he's in the lineup, but I don't know if that's just dumb, you know, coach speak like, "Oh, you know, we don't want to give Boston a chance to mm. game plan." But like even in or out of the lineup, it's you know, it's not like they're going to change their approach because, you know, he's really really good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I Given that there's nothing physically wrong with him, I would imagine Mm -hmm. if he's practicing with the team, he's back with the team, which is, you know, great for the Flyers because they don't have any defense. Um, Goaltending. So Igor Shosturkin, whose name I always say wrong, That was probably bad. Um, No, you got it right. Oh, yeah. He got hurt against the Devils earlier this month and has been listed as day to day since then. I know Keith Kincaid got his first start the other day. Um, Given that we've got two games against the Rangers coming up, I'm assuming we're going
0: to see both of your goaltenders, do you think? So Keith Kincaid is going to start against Boston. And um, it's really interesting to me because I think there's a chance that Shosturkin could be back. And if that's the case, then we won't see Gorgiev at all. um, Because it's just right now it is. It's this weird thing where it's almost like he is, it's, it's hard because you don't want to blame the schedule because everyone else is dealing with the same things. Yeah. But this was something that people have been concerned about, you know, when the Rangers were considering last year, okay, what are we going to do long term with Henrik Lundqvist? What are we going to do with, you know, the balancing of you know, Shusterkin, as he enters the league and, and, you know, Gorgiev who has shown promise, but it's, I don't know if it's a combination of fatigue. I don't know if it's a a lack of confidence, but there are just times where he's just out of position or he's not making routine saves. And it, it's a bit of a cause for concern. And when your starter is injured And your backup slash taxi squad goalie is someone that had been in the AHL. And like last year, he had spent, you know, some time with, with Montreal and and then was in Laval. uh, You have to be able to step up. And now it's to the point where, you know, he had another stinker of a game, not that it was completely all his fault, but you're going to have Kincaid again. And I think regardless of how he plays against Boston, He'll get an, another look uh, against the Flyers. And then the hope would be that maybe for the second game, Igor is good to go.
1: That is super interesting to me. I did not, it did not occur to me that Keith Kincaid might end up being the regular backup for the Rangers. That seemed like an option that wouldn't have existed because I, Maybe, it's, uh, maybe there's something in the air with young goaltenders this season because Carter Hart's having some struggles of his own. But, um, yeah, do you think that there's a chance that Kincaid takes the backup job?
0: I think for now, if they get to a point where Igor is healthy and good to go, just from a, a mindset perspective, it gives Gorgiev a chance to breathe. And I think it's really tough on goalies this year because like I know the cliche and you hear on most broadcasts like oh oh the book is out on this goalie, you know, beat them glove side. But when you're an NHL coach and you only have to scout seven other teams in your division, you're able to pick up on things relatively quickly. You're able to isolate tendencies and basically take advantage of them as best as you can. And that seems to be the case at least recently with, with Gorgiev. Um, So I think that like long-term it's immaterial for the team because of where they are in the standings. And because it is divisional play, it's not like they can really gain a a lot of ground because there's always going to be teams ahead of them playing with a chance to broaden that gap. But for now, Kincaid is looking like a goalie who can be in position, can stop the puck, can give some confidence to the team because it was almost like recently, anytime there was a breakaway, it was going in against Gorgiev. And sometimes you just need that one stop and it can change the tide and you know get a chance to collect yourself. And if you know that every time you give up a, a breakaway, it's going to go in, then you're going to be playing a little bit more conservatively. You're not going to be, pushing up on the rush and then you're, you know, limiting your own offensive chances and, you know, you're not in a good spot overall as a team.
1: Super interesting to me because I had no idea any of this was going on because my head is in the flyers at all times, but it's, it's almost word for word, exactly what we're seeing with Carter Hart. The only difference being that he's our starter. So it's a little bit worse. Like it was, it was clear early on this season that, as you said, coaches you know had the book on him it was very clear that they had all figured out that he was weak high glove side and Mm -hmm. everyone was shooting there and a lot of them were going in and as that went on you could just kind of see the confidence go which is I think like the scarier thing with a goaltender when their confidence starts to go and they start to get into their head and then they're he's been doing a thing um you know, everyone calls it playing small, like where he's a little bit more hunched over than he normally would be and just giving more space to shooters. It's a real problem. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see how young goaltenders like these two come out of this because I think that both of our teams obviously expected a lot out of these guys. So it's it's gonna be interesting, to say the least.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I think in Hart situation at least being that he's in a tandem with Brian Elliott. I mean, that can be a bit of a blessing and a curse because like when I think of Brian Elliott, I think of like during his career, he's either been like a one, a one B guy, or he's been a really good capable backup that when the starter has struggled, his teams have put him and he's just been able to go on, on a run and sort of solidify things. And, you know, I think of Elaine Vigneault and how he is historically with goalies. if, you kind of fall out of favor and, you know, that can hurt your confidence. And then when you do get that start, it's like, I have to be perfect here, which is obviously not the way you want to play as a goalie, but let alone, you know, a young goalie. Mhm.
1: So what has been a bright spot on the Rangers over the last couple of weeks when things haven't looked so great overall?
0: So a bright spot on the entire season and the last few weeks and you know anyone who follows me on twitter won't be surprised that i'm bringing him up it's it's Pavel Buchnevich. and Pavel Buchnevich is a player that i've you know stand very long uh because he was a third round draft pick and he just he's this goofy guy and he's just so lovable as a as a player personality wise and as he was Coming up with the Rangers, it was always situations where I felt like he was maligned by fans or, or coaches didn't quite understand him, and he was doing things, he was generating chances, had good you know underlying numbers, but then there would be situations you know like in the playoffs where you know Lane Vigneault scratched him for Tanner Glass, and this year uh, Bucinovich has got twenty points in twenty five games. Um, you know, leading the team in scoring. And he stepped up in a huge way when, you know, Panarin went out of the lineup and it's just not been offensively like defensively. He's gone to a completely different level. Uh, He's one of their top penalty killers. Uh, The, I think the Rangers um, PR account uh, the other day, they tweeted something out about, um, you know, lowest uh, goals against per 60 on the, on the power play. So basically just looking at the most efficient penalty killers in the league. And I think he was number four in the league. So you look at a guy who has got twenty points in twenty five games, is turned the corner defensively, is doing all of those those little things. It it's really coming at a, a good time for him as he's in the last year of a two year deal that he had signed going back and it'll be his Last year of uh, restricted free agency. So the team will be in a position where they need to make a decision because it's very much a situation they've been in. They were in the situation with Ryan Strom. They were in the situation with Kevin Hayes, where he got a one-year deal and then obviously gets traded to Winnipeg and then signs with the Flyers. But um, I can't say enough good things about Buchnevich this year. And he's just been what the team has needed and, and more and it's, it's really cool to see out of a you know, a third round pick and someone who has uh, just reinvented themselves as a player
1: okay so this is kind of a joke question but also kind of serious but if I don't make jokes about the Flyers right now I'm going to go insane which Ranger that does not currently have a goal this season so we've got Brett Howden, Jacob Truba, Ryan Lindgren which one of these guys is going to get their first goal this season against the Flyers <laughs>
0: So I would bank on Jacob Truba. Um Brett Howden is as on like let's see. So it's now I believe thirty-one games since he's it's thirty one games since he scored his last goal, which is actually only the second longest drought of his career. Uh I think he went thirty-six games between career goal four and five. He's just been oh, wow. absolutely terrible this year. Um like He I don't understand why he's still in the lineup um, because he's not very good. And he's one of the rare players that they've had that just didn't get any AHL time from the time he was acquired in the uh, Ryan McDonough trade from Tampa. um, He just all his time in the NHL hasn't really been a healthy scratch, where at least with Truba, um, he's going to. Probably gets some power play time, or you know, any time there's a offensive zone face off, he's got the ability to you know just hammer one from the point. And I would say Truba definitely. If Howden scores like against the Flyers, I'll laugh. Um, I'll give credit <laughs> for it. But yeah, Jacob Truba.
1: Speaking of Truba, how as a Rangers fan and a guy that writes about the Rangers, how happy have you been with him so far over these first year and a little bit?
0: So a lot better this year than last year. And this, this kind of came up today because someone was um, tweeting about Neil Pionk, who the Rangers traded uh, for, for Jacob Trubra along with a, um, a first round pick. And the whole discourse has sort of been like, yeah, Neil Pionk was this guy that, you know, people just couldn't stand and said, we got to get rid of him, And then, you know, lo and behold, look how he's been. It's, this weird thing and with the team this year overall defensively a lot better penalty kill a lot better and the common denominator is Lindy Ruff is no longer employed by the New York Rangers and you know look no further than Mark Stahl who is um you know a shell of his former self and was very bad the last few seasons with the Rangers he's somehow able to have a you know slight positive or you know net neutral impact for the Detroit Red Wings which i would have <laughs> never believed um so like i totally understand that truba is slightly overpaid but the way i try and think of it is that They have Adam Fox, who is on a really good, you know, contract. They have, you know, prospect, Niels Longquist, you know, probably the best defense prospect not in the NHL right now, who should be coming over um, for next season. So they'll have those two guys on the right side. So if they find a way to have, you know, left-handed defensemen long-term that can balance out the pair, you know, potentially that's going to be Keandre Miller, who has been his primary partner, then I almost look at it it's like okay here's the total spend for this pair and here is how efficient it is and like yeah again it's like yeah he's having a much bigger salary but it, it's sort of the same way where how teams approach goaltending where you can pay two guys four million dollars each and you're spending eight million on goaltending or you can have a really good starter that's making seven million and a backup making one million. In both scenarios you're spending the same exact amount of money it's just how are you getting that efficiency for your eight million dollars spend
1: one more thing i'm going to ask you about the rangers before we get into the nonsense part of this podcast sure <laughs> how are special teams looking because both the penalty kill and the power play for the flyers are relatively dreadful right now so what's how are the rangers looking in there
0: so the penalty kill Has been really good. Um, It's gotten to a point where I'm uh, pleasantly surprised because there was um, the Rangers broadcast in years past has had like this knack of they it's almost like talking about a no hitter when a no hitter is going on that you say something and boom. (laughs) There it goes. Um, but they're fourth in the league in the penalty kill right now, uh, 86.3%. The only teams better than them are uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa, and Boston, which, you know, it's good company to to be ahead of them. And then, like, their power play is it's 26th in the league at, you know, 15.4%, which it's not great. Um, only behind them are the Ottawa Senators, Anaheim Ducks, Devils, Red Wings and Wild who I'm surprised that the Wild are so bad on the power play given you know some of the talent they have this year my thing with the Rangers power play and the example like I've used on Twitter is that when I was growing up playing basketball whenever we would run offensive drills like we have set plays the coaches would always say like okay you guys only have five passes or whatever and then you have to take a shot if you don't have an open shot and you make an extra pass we're going to just start chucking basketballs at you and i don't know if you could really do that today (laughs) but that's how it was when you know i was growing up um you know not that i'm old i'm you know 28 but you know how how things have changed so the rangers at times they get just too cute they're making that extra pass they're um, passing up the, you know, the shot. They're not taking advantage of like, okay, I have a shot here and maybe I can get a rebound. So with all the weapons that they have, it should be a lot better. And now part of it is the fact that Mika Zibanejad has not been great. Um, he was also someone else who had COVID, um, but he's just had some of the worst luck. Uh, I can count, you know, he's snapping multiple sticks a game somehow, it's just fanning on shots, or he gets a shot and the stick explodes on him. Uh, so that's a reason why the power play's not been good. And then again, I, I just think it's them being way too cute and really it's just get shots on goal. And my joke before fans were in the building is, you know, they weren't being told to shoot and therefore they didn't know what to do.
1: Are you sure you're not a Flyers fan? Because you're talking about the Flyers right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the Flyers. They don't shoot the puck ever. Like these, like, I'm talking about like two on one, clean, passing it all the way to the goal line and never really getting a shot on goal. It's remarkable. It's hopefully they show you just so you can see how much fun it is for all of us. Oh, for so we've got- sure. Yeah, we've got two games against the Rangers coming up this week, Monday and Wednesday. Like I said, we're recording this before the Rangers-Boston game and the second Flyers-Caps game. Tom, how do you think these two games are going to end up? How do you see them going?
0: So I fully expect the Rangers to lose on Saturday tomorrow versus Boston. It's a one o'clock start, and it just seems like weekend games, the Rangers don't show up. Um, so I would say that Monday, the Rangers are back home. I think that's a game that it's sort of like, all right, let's get our shit together and, you know, come out guns blazing. It would be a situation where, um, you know, if Panarin plays tomorrow, he'll been, you know, back in the lineup and they have a sense of, okay, how we want to set our line. So I fully expect a win on Monday, Wednesday. um really could go either way because i've seen at times where the team turns in a good performance and then they follow it up with you know uh not so good performance and again it's just like as much as i you know make fun of elaine vigno it's just this thing where lately where former rangers coaches have just been able to uh Absolutely dominate them. Like that's what I've seen mm-hmm. at at time. Well, that's what I saw earlier this year with Lindy Ruff, but they were able to correct that um, in the most recent stretch of games where they, you know, dropped six apiece. So I'm going to conservatively say they win Monday, they lose Wednesday. I've decided
1: to manifest the Flyers winning this game against the Capitals tomorrow, mm-hmm. and also both both of the Rangers games because I need I need it. For my my own personal sanity, that's true so I'm, me yeah, that's I'm just fair. gonna put that out there and and hope that the universe takes a hold of it and makes it happen, unlikely, but I'm gonna try
0: well, that would help put them in playoff position too because they're they're what, not in, in it. yeah, they're not three back it. right yeah
1: yeah, that's I mean i I think they have a couple of games in hand still, but uh they're they're just not playing very good hockey right now, it's very frustrating to watch because. Just like the Rangers, for the most part. The tools are there. Like, we've seen these guys play really good hockey before. All over the place. With different line mates on different teams. And for some reason right now, none of them can put it together. It's... Oh, it's been a long couple of weeks, Tom. (laughs) Anyway. I hope you enjoy the games. This weekend and next week. I hope everyone else does, too. I hope the Flyers win them all and we can all enjoy our lives again, but we'll see how it happens. Tom, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Tell the people where they can find you.
0: You can find me on Twitter at T-O-M-U-R-T-Z-J-R, Tom Ridge Jr. Jr. Uh, and obviously my work at uh, Blue Shirt Banner.
1: Yeah, Blue Shirt Banter is great. I'm sure you have heard of them. They're fantastic. They do great work there. So if you want to learn a little bit about the Rangers, go check them out. Tom, okay, you enjoy the rest of your Friday, and I'm going to try to do the same. Go Flyers. Thanks. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.